Here's your host, Pastor Prince Harris. Yes, a pleasant good morning to one and all, and welcome to the program Lives Encounter. I'm your host today, Pastor Prince Harris, and it's a wonderful day. The sun is shining out there, and we're just giving God thanks and praise and glory and honor for His wonderful act of creation. And so today we celebrate what God is doing in our lives and what He he has done for us by creating this beautiful world. And although the world um, has been tainted by, by sin, by the fall, we know that God's glory and God's presence is still in this place. And we can give God praise and glory. So good morning to one and all. And again, thank you so much for joining us, um, joining me on this program, Life's Encounter. And we're going to celebrate what God is doing for us this morning. And so let me say good morning to all those who are listening. Those who are listening locally in Antigua, Barbuda, St. Kitts and Nevis. Good morning to those of my friends out there on the island of Monstrat, Also in Barbuda. And for our taxi drivers, our bus drivers. Let me see now those who are in their cars going to work. And I'm saying if you should be at work for nine, you are late. You are approximately two minutes late. So. I just want to encourage you to keep um, in the speed limit. Remember that you should be a law-abiding citizens of our nation of Antigua and Barbuda. And wherever you are, just remain loyal to the laws of the land. Also, let me say good morning to those who are going home. Yes, you're going home from the graveyard shift and you're now going home to catch some needed rest. And I believe that you will not be working this afternoon because the, on, when the sun sets this evening begins the Sabbath of the Lord. So, But if you're not a Seventh-day Adventist and you're going to work, I just want to pray that God will protect you and God's grace will be with you as you continue to do be of service and to work hard for you to take care of yourself and your loved ones and family also to those who, who are in driving in the bus in a bus listening to my voice i just want to say good morning to you keep strong keep focused and know that god has blessed you to be on the land of the living. And for those who are on their work, on their job, maybe you're at a construction site, maybe you're in an office, and I'm hoping that your oh, second advent radio is not disturbing anybody, but you are playing it for your listening um, comfort. So let me say good morning to all other persons, whether you're listening on the World Wide Web, those who are listening in New York, Pennsylvania, in um, yes, St. Kitts, Nevis, good morning on the World Wide Web. Also those who are listening in Demarara, Guyana, those in Jamaica, U.S. Virgin Islands, Anguilla. Um, let me see now. Let me see now. Am I missing anybody? Let me see. Let me see here. Okay, I don't think I'm missing anyone, but just want to say good morning. So, so if you're listening and I, and I didn't call the, your country, please don't feel bad. Yes, for those who are listening in Colombia, in the United Kingdom, good morning. It's a good day to celebrate the Lord. God is good. And those who are listening in Berlin, Germany, good morning to all those who are listening in Berlin. Good morning. Pray that God will continue to bless. And I'm looking here. I'm seeing persons who are, who are listening live um, on in the Twin Island 
state of Trinidad and Tobago. Good morning to you. Also to those in California. Good morning. Yes, 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 yes. Let me see if anyone. Yes, St. Kitts, I already said that. All right. And so, and if you're listening from Australia, good morning. Well, I should. What time is now in Australia? I wonder. I know it's not in the morning. Sometime later now. But you know the time. Whatever the time you are, I just want to say good day and have a wonderful day in the Lord. Have a wonderful night or evening or good afternoon. Wherever part of the world you are, let me say, have a wonderful time in the presence of the Lord. So this week we fall, well, we have been looking at, um, last week we looked at Genesis. We started the, the first book of the, the, the Bible, which is Genesis, the book of beginnings. And so we want to continue in the book of beginnings. Uh, we're going to spend some time in Genesis for over the couple of weeks now. We're going to look um, in Genesis. Um, but let me let you know that next week, God's willing, by God's grace, we'll be having a special guest all the way from the island of Jamaica, from the East Jamaica Conference of Seventh Adventists. The person I'm speaking about is Pastor Michael Jr. He's a young pastor like myself, and we, we, we will be discussing Genesis chapter 3. We'll be looking at the fall the other uh, our sin entered um our our atmosphere our sin entered our world and brought destruction so we're going to look at that and that pastor will be pastor mike you all the way out from um the east jamaica conference of seventh adventists he will be joining me on the program via skype so just want to let you know that you can get ready tell your friends tell your neighbors that yes we can be we are continuing to have a wonderful program in the name of the lord so at this time before we get any further i'm going to ask you now to um yes just 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 bow your heads with me as we acknowledge the presence of the lord in this place let's pray heavenly father lord today we are so grateful we thank you lord for giving us life and for giving us the opportunity to be alive lord when we look in our lives we recognize oh god that if, if it wasn't for the mercy and for the grace of God in our lives, where would we be? So, Lord, today we thank you. We praise you. We magnify your name. Thank you for dying upon Calvary's cross for us. Thank you, O oh God, for, for, for giving us the making the atonement of Christ applicable in our lives. And, Father, as we continue to serve you and as we go within your words this morning, I pray that, Lord, that you will speak to our hearts, you will lead, you will guide, and you will manifest yourself to your people. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So last week, um, we, 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 we looked at Genesis chapter 1, but I want to let you know that the book of Genesis is the beginning of the Bible. Yes, we have already established that. Again, I just want to remind you and let you know, for those who have joined us for the very first time, um, it is the foundational and necessary for understanding the larger biblical canon, both the Old and the New Testament. So if we don't understand the, the, the creation story, the book of Genesis, we will never get a full grasp, a good understanding of the the rest of the Bible, which are, which is the other parts of the Old Testament and also the, the New Testament because the Old Testament tells us, uh, shows us how God, how God really relate to 
to sinful man. And but the New Testament also tells us how Jesus came to to and and, and break down the middle wall of separation, break down the, those preconceived ideas that the old the Old Testament authors um people have, so that he can give a clearer picture of who God is, and we can see that episode that same um example being shown in the book of uh, of Job when Job's friend was saying, listen, the, the reason why you're going through all of this, the reason why you are going through trouble is because you did something wrong. And let me let you know that we are right now we are in a great controversy and it, the controversy is not between me and you or between an organization or against organization. No, the controversy is about is between Christ and Satan and we are caught in the middle. Right, we are caught in the middle. So unless we understand Genesis, which is the foundation for for the entire Bible, then we will not get a clear picture of who God is and what He's doing now for us in heaven. All right. So um, so today we want to continue where we left off from last week, from Genesis chapter one. We we looked in detail um in in um in in Genesis one. We 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 looked. In, from verse verse by verse as we break down and, and we explain to us to, to you how God, God created everything in six literal days and so because of um, for those persons who are joining us very for the very first time I want to do some recapping so um, so last week we looked at Genesis 1 chapter 1 let's do some recapping now so we said here that Genesis starts out with these words in the beginning Barashik Barak Barashit, which simply means beginning, in the beginning, God. Um, but before anything, God existed. So here we see that in the author of Genesis said, Barashik Barak. Simple means in the beginning, Yahweh. All right? And so in the beginning, God. So before anything existed, God exists. And that, isn't that a... Wonderful thing to know that the God that we serve, nothing, he, he wasn't created or he didn't come up, come up, um, come to being from a big bang or from evolution. Our God created everything. So before the earth existed, before you and I existed, God exists. And so we can take that to the bank. The second part we want to look at is that point that we, we, we looked at last week is that the author of Genesis, which is Moses, placed God in the plural form. The Hebrew name for God is Yahweh. So Genesis or Moses placed God in the plural form, not in the singular. Because in Genesis chapter 1, it says, in the beginning, God all right. Then it says the spirit of God moved over the face of the waters or the face of the deep. So here we see that God is not singular in Genesis chapter 1, but the author places God in the plural. All right. And the, he and the Hebrew name for God is Yahweh. Yahweh. All right. I'm, I'm trying to. To, to sound more like a Hebrew, all right? So if, 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 I, if I have a rough voice when I say Yahweh, 
that, that I'm just trying to be as, <laughs> as, um, as truthful to the Hebrew language here. And the third point I want that we looked at uh, is that God created the universe from nothing. Beautiful. And the, the, in, uh, in Genesis chapter 1, there are two words that um, the author Moses used um, to describe nothing. But the Bible says, and the earth was without form or void or formless or void. And the two word that words that um, the Hebrew author used to describe formless and void, is the, the, these words are tohu and bohu. Tohu. And bohu. All right. So, all right. And that's the, that, that's the third point. So, God created the universe in with nothing. Ex nihilio. Right? Ex nihilio. Nothing. He didn't, it, it, God didn't need matter to create something. I heard a story once that there was a atheist was saying that um, I can create things. And so, he placed a challenge on God. And so God said, all right, so that you can create, I want you to go and create something, create man. But the atheist said, okay, no problem, I'm going to do that. And the atheist went outside and started digging up some dirt. And God stopped him and said, listen, if you can, if you can create, you don't need my dirt. Because my, I am the one who created the dirt. So create dirt for you to create man. And the atheist got the idea that in order for God to be God, in, uh, in cre the, the creator, he created everything out of nothing. So we as human beings, we can create a lot of things, but we create things from, uh, from, from what, we, what we already have. But God created the entire universe out of nothing. The Bible says he spoke and it was done. He commanded and it stood fast. Praise the Lord that God called the universe. He called everything out of existence. The only thing that God, that the example that I see here that God did was that God created man out of the formed man, I should say, out of the dust of the ground. But everything God called into existence, the sea creatures, he called them into existence. The animals, he called them into existence. The trees, he called the foliage and the green trees and the brown trees and the yellow and the different color trees into existence. So the two words here used for uh, in, in Genesis is tohu and bohu. Write that down, those, these two words, tohu and bohu. All right, the, the, the other point that we, we, we looked at last week is that at the end of each day, God declares it good. So that's when day one, God looked and he said, listen, wow, I am pleased with what I just did. It is good. And the th second day, good. Third day, good. Fourth day, good. Fifth day, good. Sixth day, good. Very good. And that, that's something you need to understand. On the sixth day, he said, what he made was very good. Why? I believe, this is my personal opinion now, that because God um, had man in the picture on the sixth day, he looked at his creation and said, wow, that is very, very good. 
praise the Lord. So here, so at each day, God declare um, um, f- first five days good, but on the sixth day, he say very good. On not, not, not the fifth um, point is that God created a 24-hour period that starts from sunset to sunset. That's why as a Christian, we our time doesn't derive from secular time, which says the day begins, a new day um, ends and begins at 12. No. Our day, according to the biblical reckoning, a day begins at sunset and ends at sunset. And that's why the Sabbath begins on Friday sunset not friday six o'clock i want us everyone to get that the sabbath doesn't begin at six o'clock the sabbath begins and ends at sunset so on friday evening when the sun sets the sabbath begins and saturday evening when the sun set the sabbath ends all right so here so god created a 24-hour period that starts from sunset not midnight the evening and the morning were the first day second day third day fourth day fifth day sixth day seventh day all right so the sixth point is that God created everything in perspective. What do I mean by that? God created everything for mankind's survival. So notice God didn't create mankind um, on the first day of the week. Why? Because mankind needed vegetation, needed to eat. Mankind needed the sun. Mankind needed water to drink. Mankind in mankind need animals to surround the, the uh, need an environment to survive in. So God made everything in perspective. The seventh, no, God provided mankind's diet from the beginning. So God said to said to Adam, I've given you every green herb and fruit to eat and you shall use it for food. That's what the Bible tells us. The, the eighth point is that God created the world in six literal days that ends and starts at sunset. You know, the world, are, the persons are saying that the world, the world begins, um, started um, in... Let me see now. Six million years, God took, they, they created the world in six million years and over time. That, that is not biblically correct. So we as God's people, we as Bereans, have to search the scriptures and see what they are saying. So if anyone says anything that counteract what the word of God says, let that person be a liar and the word of God be truth. Amen? All right. I'm looking at the time and recognize that time is moving pretty fast. All right. So the last point we want to um, that that I looked at yes, well not yesterday, um, last week is that mankind was the only creature that was created and given the capacity to subdue and to have dominion over everything. Wow, mankind. And when I say mankind, I'm not talking about man. I'm talking about man and woman, mankind. You understand? Mankind. So mankind was the only creature or the only being that was created and given the capacity to subdue and to have dominion over the earth. All right. So that's our, what we looked at last week. That's what we looked at last week. So today we want to look in um, Genesis chapter 2. 
2, Genesis chapter 2. Let me now pull up my Bible. And today I will be looking at the New American Standard Version. So if you have your Bibles there out there, you can get it out as we seek to look at Genesis chapter Genesis chapter 2. Amen. All right. Beautiful. Let me see. I can put a, a split screen here so I can I can read it easy. Um, all right. Let me see. My logos here seem like it's giving some issues, but um, we're going to continue. So let me get pull up my Bible. I'm using my Bible on my laptop. So um, so if you have a physical Bible, you can get. I don't have my physical Bible today. I left it in the office, but I don't want to leave you out now. So um, Genesis chapter 2. It tells us, it says here, Genesis chapter 2, and I want to look at verse 1 to verse 3. I want to start with that. Genesis chapter 2, reading verses 1 to verse 3, and so we can unpack these verses, all right? It says, Thus the heavens and the earth were created, and all their host, but the, but the seventh day, God completed his work, which he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work, which he had done. All right. Then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it because in it he rested from all his work, which God had created and made. Wow, that, 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 that's, a, that's a mouthful, isn't it? A mouthful. So here we see now that the Genesis now is now recapping itself. The author is recapping, um, giving, looking in, in detail what took place. He, he, he's saying, listen, I'm pulling out some important points here that I want the reader to get. I don't want the reader to be confused. The reader already established, the author already established that God created everything. But there are some points here that the author of Hebrews, in, not, not Hebrews, sorry, I don't know what I'm saying. The author of Genesis is saying that, listen, that there are some points I want you to get. And there are some points I want you to, 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 to ponder upon. And the first point is that, listen, the heavens were completed and all that all that is in them. But on the seventh day, God completed his work. So on the, on the seventh day, the work ended. God ended his work, which he had made and done. And he rested. Notice what it says. He rested. And the question is that we can ask ourselves, does God need to rest? Can God get tired? That's a, that, that, that's a philosophical question. Can God get tired? You see, God can't get tired. But the Bible says he rested. But why did God rest in Genesis chapter 2? I, 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 when I look at the word rested, um, it, 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 it comes from the Hebrew word Shabbat or Sabbat. All right? And I believe that God, after God, on the seventh day, God was looking at his creation he took time to observe everything in perspective and say look at that i did all of this so he rested he took a time some time to observe 
his creation. He took some time to, to, to show us an example how, the, how he wanted his creatures to follow his example. All right? So he rested not because he was tired, but he rested one to, 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 to take in his creation, creative power, and two, to show us an example of what he wanted humanity to continue to do. All right? So he says here, but the seventh day, by the seventh day, God created his work, which he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work, which he had done. But I like what verse 3 says, that then God did what? Did something. Then he blessed the seventh day. But notice here that in Genesis, the days weren't named. You have first day, second day, third day, fourth day, fifth day, sixth day, seventh day. But it's later down in the book of Genesis. That's why, that's why I said from the beginning, if you don't get Genesis' creation story, you're going to get a warm time, a difficult time to understand everything in perspective going forward. So notice what it says. God blessed the seventh day. That's the only day of the seventh that God blessed. He didn't bless first day, second day, third day, fourth day, fifth day, or sixth day. But the Bible says in Genesis chapter 2 verse 3, he blessed the seventh day. And then he what? Sanctified it. Mm-hmm. Because in it, he did what? He rested from all his work, which God had created and made. So there are three things that we can get here on, on, on the day of the seventh day. That one, God rested on the day. That is a salient truth that he rested on the seventh day. That's in the word. Then the second thing that God did, he blessed it. Mm-hmm. The third thing that God did on the seventh day, he did what? He sanctified it. And we all understand what sanctification means. Sanctification means set aside. All right? Sanctified means set aside for a special purpose. All right? So God rested, he blessed, and he sanctified it. Because in it, he rested from all his work which God had created and made. And the question that I can ask now, if God is the creator and he rested to show us an example, then as fellow created beings who are in a relationship with God, can we say also, can we say now that we should be following the example of of Jesus, the example of Yahweh. Should we be following that example? The question, the answer, we can say like this. Yes, we should be following. Why? Because God is stipulating. God is saying, listen, I created everything in six days for your enjoyment. But on the seventh day, I rested, I blessed, and I sanctified it. Set aside for holy use. So this day is a 
special day for God. So on the seventh day, we rest. We cease from our labor. We cease from our work. We cease from our regular routine and we rest. And a lot of scientists are saying that they are, they are noticing a rhythm in man. That a rhythm of seven. So we work six, but when and when the seventh day come, the body seems to 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 be seems to wind down. There's a winding down on the seventh, and we can and, and scientists are saying that that's what they are seeing in humanity. But we recognize now that humanity, they are not following the the rhythm that God has placed in each one of us. When God created us, he placed a rhythm in us. And part of that rhythm is to be in unity with what God has already created. All right? So, so, we, so we get here that God rested, he blessed, and he sanctified it because he rested from all his work which God had created and made. Let's now look at verse 4 to verse 7. And this is what it says. This is the account of the heavens and the earth when they were created in the day that the Lord God made heaven and earth. Now no shrub of the field was yet in the earth and no plant of the field had yet sprouted for the Lord God had not sent rain upon the ground and there was no man to cultivate the ground but a mist used to rise from the earth and water the whole face of the ground. Then the Lord God formed man of the dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living being. So what is happening? Is Are you saying that what is happening now in these verses? You see, the author, what the author is doing is now doing a recapping. He's recapping certain major part of Genesis, of the Genesis episode. Um, and he's showing us that God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a what? A living being. There's, a sal- there's another salient truth that we can get from these verse, from vo- verses 4 to 7. It says here, and the verse 7 I want to look at, it says, Then the Lord God formed man. So man, humanity was formed or mankind was formed from the dust of the ground. I, I, I know I can I, sometimes I watch my daughter as she plays with Play-Doh and she try to make shapes. So imagine we are like Play-Doh and God created us out of the dust of the ground. And I believe that God placed the organs in the different places. He created um, the pores. He created the, our, our DNA and he placed our DNA correct. And then something happened. But before something happened, man was formless. Man was, couldn't breathe. Man was not man. We were just formless. We couldn't move. But the Bible tells us, 
and God breathe into man's nostril or into his nostrils the what? The breath of life or the life spark. And man became a living being. So now, I want you to get this. I really want you to get this. That there are two components of man. Two components. One, the dust. Alright? And the second component is the breath of life. So when these two components come together, then you recognize that man becomes or became in Genesis here a living being. So when we die, what happened? What happens? The reverse happens. What happened? The breath goes back to God who gave it, says the, 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 the wise man. The breath goes back to God who gave it, and man returned to the ground. Wow. I, I, I could imagine persons are saying in their minds, wow, this is very fascinating. And yes, it is very fascinating. In the beginning, we were created, mankind was created out of the dust of the ground. God blew into man's nostril. They became alive. They started breathing. They can move. They can talk. They can walk. They can jump and they can praise the Lord. But what happened? When we die, the reverse happened. God, the breath goes back to God. And the question is, does the breath has any life spark where as any mind of its own no the psalmist um the wise man says when we die our thoughts perish so when we die our soul doesn't go wandering off around somewhere in the world or wandering off or goes to heaven as some persons say or goes to purgatory as some people say to be purified or go to hell no, what happened is that the breath goes back to God and the body goes back to the ground. And that's why the Bible tells us for those who are Christians that when our loved one dies, we should not weep as those who don't have any hope. Why? Because what the Bible said, the trumpet shall sound and the dead in Christ shall rise first and they that are, are alive and remain shall be caught up together to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. As I said earlier, if you don't understand Genesis, you're not going to understand the rest of the Bible. But, alright. So my brothers and sisters, we are going to go on our... Uh, on a, on a break right now and then we will come back and we will try to wrap up the time now in the nation of Antigua and Barbuda and the Eastern Caribbean is 25 minutes moving up to the hour of 10 a.m.
Oh yes, and welcome back. And that's the voice of C.C. Wynan singing there for us, Believe for It. I pray that you were blessed by that one. And we're going to continue from where we left off. And we looked at Genesis, we're in now Genesis chapter 2. And we looked at verse 4 to verse 7. And we looked at a salient point that um, God created man from the dust of the ground and he blew the breath of life. And then man became a living being. Now we're going to look at um, verse 8 to verse 14 because I'm recognizing I'm looking at the clock and the time is moving pretty fast, pretty fast. So verse 8 says, the Lord God planted a garden toward the east in Eden, and there he placed the man whom he had formed. So notice what verse says, that God planted a garden in Eden, in Eden. So Eden is a place, and within Eden, there is a garden. All right. I, 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 I believe that other persons wouldn't want to pass. Are you really sure about that? I'm, no, I'm just reading what the New American Standard Version says. He says, the Lord planted a garden toward the east in Eden. He didn't say he called it Eden. He says in Eden. And there he placed the man whom he had formed. So God created a garden in Eden and he placed man in Eden or in the garden. All right. Then in verse 9, Luke says, out of the ground, the Lord God caused to grow every tree that is pleasing to the sight and good for food. The tree of life also in the midst of the garden and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Wow. Don't be afraid now. Don't be afraid because God, the, the author is telling us something. God is telling us something. Notice here that God said he created, he made, he placed Two distinct trees in the garden. One which is the tree of life. So he placed the tree of life in the midst of the garden and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Wow. So there are two trees. One tree of, tree of life and a tree of knowledge and good and evil. But I, listen to what the word of God says. Listen to what the word of God says. Don't run ahead. Don't run ahead. Take your time now. Verse 10 says, Now a river flowed out of Eden to water the garden. 
and from there it divided and became four rivers. Now I want to read that again. It says, Now a river flowed out of Eden to water the garden, and from there it divided and became four rivers. So from that one river, four rivers came out of that one river. All right? Verse 11 says, The name of the first is Pishon. Pishon. Uh, Pishon. Yes, that's the word. Pishon. It flows around the whole land of Havilah, where there is gold. Wow. So, so I, sorry, I could imagine in those days in, in the garden that gold was a common commodity. Gold was on the ground. Gold wasn't in the ground, but gold was on the top of the ground. Wow. And I could imagine some persons are saying, boy, I wish I could get some of the gold and pay off my mortgage and pay off my, my car loan. <laughs> All right. Then it says, the gold of that land is good. All right. And, and the, the bellium and the onyx stone are there. These are precious, precious metals. All right. The name of the second river is Gihon. It flows around the whole land of Cush. The name, the Cush, let, let me see now. Yes, Cush. The name of the third river is Tigris. It flows east of Assyria. So the name Assyria was coined before man fell. And the fourth river is the Euphrates. We all know the river Euphrates. We all do geography, geography in school. And we know the Euphrates River runs through the nation of Iraq. Or the, uh, 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 or the let me see now, Iraq. Yes, the nation of Iraq. Then the Lord God took the man and put him into the Garden of Eden. Mm. So notice what is, what, what is happening here. It's becoming clear, clearer as I read that God called the Garden Eden. The Garden of Eden. So the Eden, Garden of. So within Eden, the Garden, within Eden there's a garden called the Garden of Eden. To cultivate it. And to keep it. So man only had one responsibility so far. God said, listen, I'm putting you in the garden and I want you to cultivate it and to keep it. So in other words, Adam was a farmer. <laughs> yes, Adam was a farmer. The first, um, the first thing, farmer or ag agriculturist. Yes, should, is, that, is that correct? Agriculturist or farmer. Because hmm. farmer would have to be take care of animals and stuff like that. I, I guess that will, because Adam did name the animal, so I believe that's kind of right. All right. The, the Bible then it says now, the Lord God commanded the man saying, notice here, it's coming clearer as we start reading Genesis now. The Lord God commanded the man saying, from any tree of the garden you may eat freely. Then verse 17 says, but, <laughs> but from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat. 
For in the day that you eat from it, you will surely die. Wow, that's a command. God is saying you can eat from any tree, and I believe that command that will include the tree of life. But from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat from it. For in the day that you eat from it, you will surely die. The question is now, that I have actually eight more minutes to go. I'm going to try to downpack this in eight minutes. The question is, was any evil in a tree? Did God put an evil tree in Eden? Sorry. Did God put an evil tree? Excuse me. An evil tree in Eden? Wow. The Bible says he created a tree of knowledge and good and evil. So, and so when I look at it and study and I recognize there's nothing really in itself evil or wrong with the tree. But God was making a dis, a, a, uh, was putting ownership, a differentiation. God was putting and uh, giving Adam a test. Because before Adam was created, Lucifer was cast out. And God knew that it's a possibility that man could sin. And so he played the tree to show where man's allegiance is. And all God said to you, God said to us like this, I'm giving you 99.9, but that 1%, that 1% belongs to me. Don't touch it. And we're going to see what happened next week. Because next week we want to look at or we came about to be in a world of sin. Then it says, But from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat from it. For in a day that you eat from it, you will surely die. Then the Lord God said, It is not good for man to be alone. I will make him a helper suitable for him. A help meet suitable. And notice here, so God is now introducing, notice what, God created mankind in Genesis, but Genesis chapter 2 is recapping and, and pinpointing some major areas that what happened in Genesis 1. God said, it's not good for man to be alone. It's never good for man to be alone. I will make him a helper suitable for him. Out of the ground, the Lord, verse 19, out of the ground, the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every bird of the sky and brought them to the man to see what he would call them. So notice here that God didn't name the animals. God gave Adam that responsibility. And he brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And whatever the man called a living creature, that was its name. So I could imagine Adam looking at this creature with all the different spots and the black and the white and said, well, this must be zebra. He looked at the, this animal and, and, the, and the animal is barking. And he said, this, this one looks like he's a dog. You know, I could imagine in my sanctified imagination how Adam was just naming the animals. God would allow the animals to come to him and Adam was just naming, would be just naming him, naming them. Wow, that was wonderful. And then verse 20 says, the, the name, the man gave names to all the cattle. 
and to the birds and of the sky and to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a helper suitable for him. So verse 21 says, So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon man. And he slept. Then he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh at that place. The Lord God fashioned into a woman the rib which he had taken from the man and brought her to the man. Wow. So what God did, God allowed Adam to sleep, put, it, put him on the, um, um, in, what's the scientific word, anesthesis, and let him sleep, Take, took out one of Adam's rib, and he formed a woman form the, the this other person and listen what listen what the in verse 23 what happened the man said this is now bone of my bone that's from his rib and flesh of my flesh she shall be called woman because she was taken out of man for this reason, wow, you see, I, I, I'm rushing, but time is moving. I'm rushing. But this is what it says in verse 24. Notice the trajectory in the old author of, of um, Genesis is now moving slowly into a crescendo. All right? It says here that God formed woman, they, they took out from Adam's side a rib. He formed this 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 creature and now adam now said listen she shall be called woman notice here that adam didn't name i uh, uh, give that this this creature a name only by this call he called her woman it was after something that he that she was she got a name which is called eve notice here she called she shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Woo, man. Some person, some commentators say that after God brought um, the, this woman, this, this creature to, to, um, to eat, to Adam, to look at, he, he must have said, wow, woo, or woman, from me came out of me. And notice verse four, 24 says, For this reason shall a man leave his father and his mother and be joined in to his wife, and they shall, be and they shall become one flesh. And I want to debunk something here. It doesn't matter how progressive you are. You cannot do better than God. God created man and he created woman and he brought them together and they became husband and they became wife. There's no way you can bring a man and a woman and can't say they are married or they are husband and wife. No, it's it's, it's, it, it, it is devilish, it's diabolically contradicting what God's word says. And I want to go on the record today that God will never sanction same sex. A woman and a woman and a man and a man. Never. That's against the word of God. 
and I stand on the word of God today. He said, For this reason shall a man leave his father and his mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. And verse 25, as we seek to wrap up, And the man and his wife were both naked and were not ashamed. Beautiful. Beautiful. They were naked and were not ashamed. That is the will of God for mankind. For man and a woman to be joined together and they shall become one flesh. That's God's will. You can't get better. You can't do better than God. And that is the will of God. And you know, a lot of persons are saying, oh, Christians and church folks, they are intolerant. And let me say this. The word of God says it. I believe it. And that is good enough for me. If you have a problem with what the word of God says, take it up between you and God. You and God work out that. If you go and fight with God. What God gives us in the word, we will take that as a principle. And I want to say this we can't again and again. We cannot do better than God. If you think you can do better than God, you take it up with God. But I'm trusting God that what he does, he does it good and we can take it to the bank. My brothers and sisters, those who are listening to me, local, on the internet, on our live stream at secondadventradio.org or on TuneIn or Radio Box or any online platform, I just want to say thank you for joining me for this program and letting you know that next week we'll be having a special guest um, via Skype and you'll be his person is called Pastor Michael Jr. out of the East Jamaica Conference. You'll be joining me for our program and I pray that you'll tune in, continue to listen and continue to support us here at Second Advent Radio and thank you for joining us for our program. May the Lord bless you. Until next week, God's willing, May the Lord continue to shower his blessings upon your life. Thank you for joining Pastor Prince Harris for Life's Encounter, the program that challenges you from the Word of God to be all that you are called to be in Christ Jesus. Hope you are blessed and empowered. Join us next week by God's grace for another program of Life's Encounter on Second Advent Radio 101.5 FM. Christian Radio with a difference. Feel me with